Well, I guess the title of the message is, Do You Really Know Jesus or Who Is Jesus Christ? But uh, I was just that's sort of watching that made me think about when he was walking this earth 2,000 years ago, that uh, what it must have been like for him to, to walk along and think, I created all this. You know, and, and someone once said that Jesus had never, it was the first time he had ever ridden a camel from point A to point B. He was used to traveling at speed of, uh, you know, <laughs> speed of thought. <laughs> now, now I'm going to ride a camel, and how long is it going to take me to get to my destination? I mean, to really, if you think about that scripture, he emptied himself. I mean, he emptied himself of everything, all of his glory, everything to come and exist in the flesh for us and to have the human experience of God in the flesh, whatever. But it was, it's incredible to think about what God can do or, or could do at the drop of a hat. You know, I think about, you, don't you realize I could call 10,000 angels at this moment and stop what is about to take place? He could have done that. Of course, if he had done that, we wouldn't have had a Savior. <clears throat> it's the only problem. <laughs> now, okay. Do you really know who Jesus Christ is? Now, I think everyone in this church does. But you'd be amazed at how many people who claim to be Christian, who do not know what I'm going to share today with you. Who is Jesus Christ? You know, I never wanted to be a religious person. In a way, I sort of avoided that like the flu. You know. uh, I, I guess in my upbringing, I was sort of turned off by religious people. The thought of being backed into a corner, you know, do you know the Lord, brother? Are you saved? Or anything like that was appalling to me. I remember there was a, a group of people that my parents let come into their home called the Rap Radford Group. Not sure why they did that, but uh, <laughs> they were a strange group of people because they blamed everything on a demon that happened. You know, if you started choking, well, it's a, it's a peanut butter demon. And uh, just, just anything, you know, it was, it was demonic, you know, and I thought, and I guess I was around 12 back then, and I thought, man, this is strange. You know, if this is religion, you know, I'm not sure I want anything to do with it. Um, I, I've been, t I was, often I've been turned off by people that had to tell me they were religious. Of course, my mother told me, said, anybody, anytime someone has to tell you they're religious, run like hell in the opposite direction. Uh, that was her advice. And I guess some of that rubbed off on me, the way I am towards, you know, religion. So when God called me at age 24, this was sort of the last direction I wanted to go. And I resisted it for years, even after God called me. You know, probably for the first four years in going to church, I, I, didn't, I didn't dress up. I didn't want to look religious. Because I associated, seeing people come out of church on Sunday... You know, the women in their dresses, the men in their suits. I said, that's religious stuff. And I, it took me four or five years to ever wear a suit. <laughs> I would just wear casual clothing because I did not want a association with what seemed to me as religious. And when God called me, the thought of ministry, I can guarantee you, never, quit, never entered my mind. Uh, not for one second. It never crossed my mind. I, I would... Totally content with being what they call a wallflower. You know, just, 
I guess if God had not called me, and, and if I had chosen religion, I would have chosen a big church, like this tent church down here at Bojangles, one where I can just zip in, zip out, hear the message, no involvement, you know, get in and out very quickly. That's what I would have done. And another thing that's bothered me, I guess, when God called me, as far as service, is who am I to in any form or fashion represent God? Because I know my, my weaknesses. I know what things I struggle with. Who am I to represent God? Who am I to teach others? Who am I to show others? Who am I to lead others? That's always been in the back of my mind. You know, I'll do things today. I'll, I'll, like the program, is that really in the Bible? I'll say things and I'll go back and critique it and, and think, oh, I shouldn't have said that. Shouldn't have done, I should have explained it more. I should have done this, should have done that. But it all has to do with that awareness, you know, who am I to do this? Now, I think it's perfectly okay for the Father to reveal who Jesus is. It's perfectly okay for the Bible to reveal who Christ Jesus is. And that's the approach I want to take today. Do you really know Jesus? And as one preacher used to say, don't believe me. Believe what your Bible says about Jesus Christ. So here we go. Ephesians 3 and verse 9. There's right many scriptures that we'll look at. Ephesians 3 and verse 9. Ephesians 3 and verse 9 says, And to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world has been hid in God. Now what we're going to discover here is an absolute mystery that has been hid. I believe people's minds have been blinded to this. I think it is a mystery. I think it has been hid. I think a lot of religious people for whatever reason, can't see this and really couldn't go there if they wanted to. All right, what is this mystery that has been hid in God? Here it is. Who created all things by Jesus Christ. So as we look at <clears throat> the world, you know, I mentioned Christ 2,000 years ago walking along and thinking, well, I created all this, you know. Here I am in the flesh and I made all this. So the earth that travels around the sun at a speed of 64,000 miles per hour. You know, you're not aware of that, are you, as, as we're sitting here, that we're traveling at a speed of 64,000 miles per hour around the sun, that from the time you go to bed until the time you wake up, you've traveled over a half million miles on this spaceship called planet Earth. Totally aware of that. The, the being that did that, to put that together, is Christ Jesus. He made that. The hydrologic cycle, you know, there is no new water being produced. It's the same amount of water ever since creation started. But the, uh, you know, the vapors off the ocean leaves the, and this is critical, leaves the deadly salt water behind. As the vapors go up and they go into, turns into clouds and the clouds are carried away and they release their rain and the rain goes into the creeks, creeks go into the river, river goes back into the ocean. It's a cyclical, it's a cycle, I mean, it's just, Jesus created that, that cycle, the hydrologic cycle. Photosynthesis, photosynthesis, whatever, how, you know, we put off fresh, no, we put off carbon dioxide and the plants and the green life and the leaves, they put off 
fresh oxygen. But that cycle, Christ Jesus designed that and created that. And you know, as far as, I'll just throw this in, the atheists, you know, I like something Greg told me a long time. He said, you know, you can't create something smarter than yourself, human beings. You know, and I don't know why atheists don't look at this, that I didn't put this stuff together. I didn't create the hydrologic cycle. I didn't create none of this stuff. So there's got to be a being that, that put all this in motion. Well, that being is Christ Jesus. The God who created light said, let there be light, was Jesus Christ. The one who created the heavens was Christ, the dry land was Christ Jesus. Now, the power source to do it came from the Father. If you imagine, okay, I need a, I need a source of power. I got to plug into the power source. All right, that came from the Father to do all this. Uh, to do God's pleasure, to do his Father's will. All of that, you know, the power source came from the Father. Jesus said, I can in my own self do nothing. All right. But if we go back to this verse, Ephesians 3 and verse 9, looking at God, the Father, who created all things by Jesus Christ. Christ was the instrument the Father used to create all things. Let's read it again. And to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, and it is a mystery, which from the beginning of the world has been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ. You know, all things means all things. <laughs> Let us make man in our image. So you have two beings talking, father, son. Let us make man in our own image. Let's do this. Two members of the God family. The father and the son are talking. And the one who began to mold and shape and, and kneeled down and breathed into the nostrils of this being was Jesus Christ. Let's look at John 1 and verse 1. We'll go through a few scriptures in John. John 1 and verse 1. Powerful. Again, these verses speak volume to who is Christ Jesus. Do you really know Jesus Christ? John 1 and verse 1. <clears throat> John 1 and verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. Now skip down to verse 10. Who are we talking about here? He was in the world, and the world was made by Him. And the world knew him not. Who are we talking about here? Well, we're talking about Jesus Christ. The world was made by him. He came into his own, verse 11. That is the Jewish race, the Jews. And his own received him not. Powerful concept here. Jesus Christ was the instrument the Father used to do all things. The God that spoke to, Abraham, to, to Adam and Eve and walked with them in the garden was none other than Jesus Christ. The being who wrote the Ten Commandments with his own finger was none other than Jesus Christ. Hebrews 1 and verse 1. Let's turn there and look at this. Hebrews 1 and verse 1. 
Again, the power source came from the Father. Hebrews 1 and verse 1. It says, God who at sundry times and divers manners spake in times past unto the Father by the prophets, has in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he is appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. Fascinating scripture. It really is. Now, I think a lot of people would say, okay, can you show me in the Bible where, where, Jesus, where it was Jesus who interacted with people in the Old Testament? Yes, you can. 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 1. 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 1. And we'll go through some of these scriptures here. 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 1. Moreover, moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant how that our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea. So God's presence was in the cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Who was this God? Verse 2, And we're all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. So they walked through, you know, the Red Sea, which was a, a type of baptism. The Israelites did. Verse 3, And did all eat of that same spiritual meat? Verse 4, And did all drink the same spiritual drink, for they drink of that spiritual rock that followed them. And that rock was Christ. Wow. I mean, you, this is amazing. I mean, it's, it's just the identity of who Jesus Christ is. The instrument the Father used to do all things is Jesus Christ. Colossians 1 and verse 16. Let's turn there. Colossians 1, 1 and verse 16. Right many scriptures here, but they're, they are needed. And if you, you know, you really should, these scriptures that I'm giving you, you should have all of these at least noted, marked down. Because they're like a compass that keeps you, you got to know this. In order to have a relationship with God, you got to know this. Colossians 1 and verse 16, For by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in the earth, visible, and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions, principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. Speaking of Christ Jesus. Uh, I know I'm, I'm repeating myself, but you know, the, again, the, the instrument the Father used to do all things, to interact with mankind, to give the law, is Jesus Christ. Now Jesus said this about the Father. Jesus spoke about the Father. Let's take a look at what Jesus said about the Father. John 5 and verse 37. John 5 and verse 37. It says, And the Father himself which has sent me has borne witness of me. You have neither heard his voice at any time nor seen his shape. Speaking of the Father here. You haven't heard his voice or seen his shape. Now, I want to look at a little thing that happened in the, back in Exodus with Moses. Uh, Exodus 33 and verse 18. A little story where Moses wanted to see 
the glory of God, the glory of the Lord. And he got a glimpse of it. Exodus 33 and verse 18. <clears throat> and he said, I beseech thee, show me your glory. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before thee. I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee and will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and show mercy on whom I will show mercy. And he said, you cannot see my face for there shall no man see me and live. And the Lord said, behold, there is a place by me and you shall stand upon a rock. So Moses is going to stand on the rock. And it shall come to pass while my glory passes by, I will put thee in a cliff of the rock and will cover thee with my hand while I pass by. So you got to, God has to put his hand over Moses' eyes. And I will take away my hand and you shall see my back parts, but my face shall, know, shall not be seen. Now, now who is this being? It is Jesus Christ in all his glory as a spirit being passing by and Moses gets to see the back parts of Christ Jesus. All right, two members, father and son. Now, the interaction that we have with the father comes through Christ Jesus, and it comes in the form of prayer. You know, Jesus said, when you pray, say, our father which are in heaven, hallowed be thy name. But even, uh, even at that, you know, I think sometimes when we pray to the father, Christ has to intercede and say now, he said something really, he asked for something really stupid there. You know, I, don't, don't kill him. Uh, he said, you know, you, you got, you know, you got us asking for our prayer and you got Jesus and then you got the Father. And he's sort of in between there, making it all work. Because we can, we can really ask for some silly things from time to time. Uh, so he intercedes for us <coughs> on our behalf. Um. Why is this so important to understand who Jesus Christ is? Well, I'm, I'm coming to that. I'm, I'm going to come to that. Look at John 8 and verse 58. Now, this is a statement that Jesus made that nearly got him killed. John 8 and verse Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. That little statement nearly got himself, got Jesus killed, but do you know why? Do you know why? Well, let's take a look at why. Go back to Exodus 3 and verse 13. Exodus 3 and verse 13. And we'll figure out why that little I am statement nearly got him killed. <clears throat> Exodus 3 and verse 13. And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers has sent me unto you. And they shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shall you say unto the children of Israel, I am has sent me unto you. So when Jesus uses this statement, I am, they, they, the Pharisees, knew exactly what he was saying. 
He was identifying himself as the God of the Old Testament. Equal with God. He is the, the God's son. He's the son of God, okay? And the father did everything through his son. So why is all of this important to know who Jesus is, really is? Well, I'll go into several reasons here. There was a radio talk show many years ago. I don't know if he's still, Neil Bortz, is he still doing anything? He retired? Well, that's probably a good thing to do. Uh, <laughs> but he said that uh, nowhere in the Bible, in the New Testament, did Jesus ever condemn homosexuality. Now, Christians who don't know who Jesus is will say, well, you know, he's right. He didn't. Only Christians who know who Jesus is can, can know what Jesus said. Jesus said this. You shall not, Leviticus 18, verse 22, you shall not lie with mankind as with womankind. It is an abomination. That's what Jesus said in the Old Testament. All right? You ever heard this one? Well, Jesus only reiterated nine of the Ten Commandments. Guess which one he didn't, you know. Fourth Commandment, yeah. And yet Jesus said is the one who wrote with his own finger, six days shall you labor, but the seventh is the Sabbath. And you know, Sandra brought up something that I've had this question asked. I don't know why, uh, but but people want to know this. And, you know, it's just I'm just sort of getting off subject here, but it's about Jesus preaching to spirits in prison. You know that that by also he went and preached unto spirits in prison. Uh, the reference is First Peter three and verse nineteen. Uh, and it says, which sometime were disobedient when once the long-suffering of God uh, waited in the days of Noah while the ark was preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls were saved by water. Now, okay, G now, first of all, Christians cannot deal with the fact that Christ died. They just can't, they can't handle that. It has to do with the false teaching of the immortality of the soul. They just can't handle that Jesus was dead for three days and three nights in the grave as an example of what we have to do. Although our time in the grave will probably be a little bit longer than three days and three nights. You know? uh, but either way, we're going to be you know, resurrected. But, you know, they, have, they, just, they can't handle that he died. It's like, no, he had to be walking through heavens and gates. He, they, he had to be speaking to spirits in prison or whatever. They, they, can't, they can't handle Revelation 1 verse 18. It says, I am he that liveth and was dead. That's Jesus speaking. I, I was he that lived and was dead. But you know, probably what this is referring to is Christ's pre-existence. Speak as far as spirits in prison, you know, because it talks about in the days of Noah, while the ark, now why did he have to preach to demonic spirits in prison, Tartaru, I have no idea. I absolutely do not know. We'll have to ask him that when we meet, when, when we meet Christ. Christ, why did you have to preach to these way back then? These, what were these spirits doing? <laughs> um, why is it important to know who Jesus Christ really is? Here's one. Jesus came to abolish the law and nail it to his cross. No, Jesus wrote the Ten Commandments with his own finger. And I just can't, I can't worship a God that's always flip-flopping. You know, at one minute, sometimes he, he gives, some good, gives some great laws, Ten Commandments, 
And then he says, ah, I shouldn't have done that. I made a mistake. Do away with it. I can't worship that God. I mean, it just, I just can't handle that. No, Christ wrote the Ten Commandments with his own finger. He says, I change not. Hebrews 13 and verse 8 says, Jesus Christ the same yesterday and today and forever. Now here's the thing. You cannot know Jesus unless you know who Jesus was before he came to this earth to die for our sins. You just can't, you can't. In reality, you can't have a relationship with God unless you know who Jesus is. Now you can go through the facade of religion. You can sing in the choir, you can go to church, you can listen about stories of Jesus, but you can't really know him until you know who he really is. It, it sets the foundation for everything. Without that knowledge, you will be greatly confused. You'll have a Bible that contradicts itself from one end to the other. Old Testament, New Testament, always contradict. Scriptures contradicting, contradicting one another, unless you know who Jesus Christ is. And conclude with, um, we've already read it, Colossians 1 verse 16. For by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in the earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions, principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. It's a mystery. And it has been hid from the eyes of mainstream churchianity. You know, I, I thought about it. If you have a belief that says the law's been abolished, been nailed to the cross, you can't go here. You, you really can't accept who Jesus is, can you? It will not allow you to. You, you can't go here. You will reject this every time. So Jesus Christ is not just the God of the New Testament. He's the God of the whole Bible. And his power source came from the Father. All right. I hope that helps. And... Uh, I guess if you, if you want some of these references, I can email them to you, or maybe you wrote them down, but anyway. Okay. Yeah. All right.